I'm Dan Broskell. And I'm Dave Geller. And we are the co-hosts of What Do We Know? What Do We Know is a free-range podcast dealing with wellness, education, sports, personal stories, and more from two guys who know a lot about certain things, but not a lot about others. Your hosts are Dan Broskell, a longtime educator, compulsive runner, and father of five. And Dave Geller, a pediatrician with three kids and an amazing Maine accent. All right. Hi, everybody. It is Sunday afternoon, May 17th, 2020, episode 25 of What Do We Know? I'm Dan Broskel here, as always, with my friend Dave Geller. And Dave, who's who's the third man in today? Third third man in. Third man. The, the leader, Anthony Davis, is with us today. It's awesome. How are we doing, guys? Anthony Davis. Pride at Bedford. Pride at Bedford. <laughs> larger than life. I was outside <laughs> of on Friday, and I see who is this handsome guy walking down the street? It's the A-Train, Anthony Davis. A-Train. Um, right before the parade started for my daughter's birthday. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that is exactly. It was the beginning of it. I think I had showed up just before the, the parade started. Uh, it was definitely, I had no idea it was one of your daughter's birthdays. So it was pretty awesome to see the whole family out there. And uh, I don't know who you got to put on the, uh, the uh, inflatable unicorn in there, but that was pretty spectacular. Well, no secret there, Dave. Who's the where, no no? We're we're on the street. It was you, Anthony. It's not you. <laughs> no, it was not me. Not this time. <laughs> well, I, mean, I have I have had I have been to many a party at the Brasslands, but that was definitely the first unicorn I think I've ever seen. I remember some nights, Anthony. We, we had like the the wee archery nights going back. Oh yeah, some I years. actually, it's so funny you mentioned that. I was uh, doing you know one of my many projects. I was in my basement the other day, and um, I happened to stumble upon my old Wii and I was looking for some of the games and stuff and it kind of brought back some memories of, of, of playing archery and, and doing all that stuff so I'm definitely gonna, I think I'm gonna bring it back into the uh, the family room before long I'm still looking for a few of those games I'm looking for that Wii Resort game right now I can't, Wii Resort, I can't absolutely. I've got that I've got that so I was actually great. I actually missed when you said we I thought you guys were actually shooting out shooting things in the backyard with your with your um crossbow because I there's some, there's some crazier things because I, I know I know the police have been called to the Brasgall backyard a, at least a couple of times right they shut things down right for these parties. <laughs> I mean, I mean Anthony and I probably both know whose yards are full of kids right now. It's not That's mine. a fact. No, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, we'll leave it there. We'll I was outside there. just now and I saw a pack of about I'm guessing twelve or thirteen. Um. Eighth slash ninth grade boys all biking around, all heading into the same kind of combat. I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. So, yeah, rock on. Um, So I've known Anthony for the better part of probably 10 years now since our sons were in kindergarten, first grade together. Um, Coached many a sport, watched many a game with him and observed many hilarious moments in various contexts. Uh, and Dave knows Anthony, I think, uh, through some of his own professional work, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know, I was lucky enough to meet Anthony professionally about a year or so ago, and um, you know, really enjoyed working with his, him and his family. And I've also um, professionally used the services myself. So it's uh, so has, <laughs> the, has he has Anthony's have his scissors and clippers touched that head? <laughs> they, uh, not recently. Um, but in so, general. Yeah. But um, yeah, and it was a great experience. You know, it was really a nice. Um, it was a great cut, great conversation. I'm definitely going back. It was kind of cool because when I was there the first time, we, we just were talking, you know, which I know that Anthony can do, as as can I, as can you. And it was interesting seeing who was coming into, you know, coming in to see him, you know, after and and people that I knew, and it just you know, he's really uh, 
made, made a great place for himself, which we'll talk more about, but, you know, in the community, you know, it just one of the hardest working people that I know, the president company not excluded. So it's uh, all good. You too. I appreciate that for that. You guys definitely um, like uh, the work ethics that both of you have. I kind of, I'm in awe of really. Um, I've known Dan for, he's right about the better part of 10 to 10 to 12 years, I think now. Um, almost my entire time uh, in Bedford, um, Dan was probably one of the first people uh, I kind of gravitated to just because, you know, he, he's definitely one of those guys that, uh, much like me, you know, a sports junkie, um, family man, you know, loves his kids, loves his wife, all, all the above. And um, I could definitely tell he was always somebody who wanted to do good, you know, wanted to make, you know, small impacts that, you know, planting those seeds and then they, become you know you know big oaks why and stuff like that so it's definitely been um you know a rewarding friendship i think for the both of us um and it's it's pretty awesome to see where our kids you know have gone and where they're going um it's definitely it's, it's pretty wild and you know obviously with you dave just meeting you and everything um you know and knowing how hard you worked uh, to bring the practice to Bedford. And, um, it just, you know, it's, it's great seeing guys that want to do good things in their community. Um, and those are, you know, love people who I love to associate with. Um, and like, it's, yeah, it's just great. I love it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's very nice. Memory. Yeah. One of my earliest yeah. memories goes back to, uh, the year the bats, dude. Went, uh, <laughs> the bats. Second oh, yeah. grade. I'll never forget. Like, I mean, I, I remember you, but I remember you, a couple of times that season, it'd be like, you know, you know, we're talking about second grade baseball, first, second grade. And it was like, you know, James and Legere and Leo Polizzi and Big Drew, right? Big Drew. And we're like taking BP <laughs> with baseball bats at Page Field. And the last game of the season was actually this crappy, raw, rainy day. And it was the same night as game seven of the second Lakers Celtics finals, the Rashid yeah, game. Right? That's right. And uh, we're all just psyched. But then, of course, Celtics didn't win that one. And yeah. Been a long still time hurts. since, my friend. I still feel the referees robbed us in that one. Yeah, a little bit. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone. I'll leave, and, but, I don't no, know how you get. I don't know how you get 17 fouls in the first minute of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, you know, shooting free throws for 11 to 12 minutes, but we could know. do a five-hour podcast on basketball referee conspiracy. Oh games. gosh, forget. Um, yeah, leave Anthony, that alone. One thing you might not know about Dave is Dave was actually at Game Six when the Celtics beat the Lakers two years before. Is that right, Dave? I was. That was a that was a pretty um, yeah. amazing. You were at the clincher. You the yeah, it was, that was, yeah, I, oh, yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah, it was, it was surreal. That. Yeah, I, I was um, lucky enough back then to be involved with some of the players' families. I'll leave it at that. Well, mm-hmm. I won't leave it at that. And it just turned out I spoke to, to one of the relatives that day of the game. And I just said, hey, um, actually, my exact words were, hey, where are they at? And the response was, where's what at? I said, my tickets. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't expect and she, that answer. <laughs> yeah. And, and, they, and she said, she said, let me check, you know, and I got a call about two hours later and I had two tickets to go to the final game. It was uh, unbelievable. Dave actually yeah. dumped the Gatorade on Doc Rivers, which maybe everybody missed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually came out of the bucket. You know, I was like, like woo. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, the weirdest part. No, it was a, it was a, it was a great game. The, the the surreal part was walking outside afterward, you know, and um, walking by all the, uh, the the police in their riot gear actually, you know, spaced like ten feet apart, you know, when you walked out of I'll say the garden back, you know, although it's not mm. that anymore. 
And you're like, this is pretty interesting. And it was kind of cool. And all of a sudden, like, the crowd started gathering. People were chanting, you know, Celtics. And, like, this is really neat, you know? Wow, big crowds forming. You know, cool. And then and then the um, the big SWAT team cars, you know, drove in and opened up the back doors. And, and the, all the cops and riot gears came out with the, with, the, with some German shepherds. I'm like, I think we should be going now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time to get out of Dodge. Dave what, was, Dave, what was the first game that you saw at the Old Garden, Dave? Do you remember the first time you went down there to watch a game? Oh, that's a wow! You know, I'm. I think I might have. I don't think I was ever there. My mom was a huge sports fan, and I, I know we went to um, Red Sox games. I don't think I went to a game at the Garden probably until my residency, honestly. And um, so was it, was it already the te- was it already the, no, like, it was the, the Garden? Day? It was still it's the still Garden, already- and actually, yeah. I went. It actually, um, interesting story. Like I, we got. Actually, Jen and I went. I got some tickets from a nurse that I was working with at, you know, at MGH. We sat way up in nosebleeds. I mean, we were right below one of those horns, right? So every time, ah, you know, it beeped. Yeah, yeah. But but I had this. I had another friend who was a doctor at, at the ER who was really good friends with Red Albach, like really good friends with the family. And I was texting her or something when I was there, and she's like, "Hey, what are you doing up there? Come down, sit with us." So we came down. And we were like ten rows from the court. I sat next to her. It was, it was her, me, Jen, and Red Albach. I just remember you know, talking, to him. yeah, talking to him a little bit. I said something, you know, wow. my silly way, and he and he laughed at me. I'm like, I made Red Auerbach laugh. That was awesome. Dude, he would he would have loved you. Are you kidding? Oh yeah, that That's was great. Incredible. I, actually, for the longest time, I had a a, a half smoked, half chewed, moist um, Red Auerbach cigar that I'd saved in a Ziploc bag. But yeah, after bet. like ten years, it got moldy. I decided to throw it out. Jeez. So yeah, that's- Anthony, what about you? What's your first game of the Garden, Anthony? Do you remember? First game I ever saw at the Garden, I was about, I think it was, I want to say it might have been ninety. I was about ten years old, yeah. and I saw Jordan in the Garden. Wow. That was the first game I went to. My dad got Celtics Bulls tickets. Were you wearing a Bulls jersey or Celtics jersey? Uh, I think I had on. I think I had on a Bulls jersey. I can't yeah, remember. Did. I had. I was a big. Um, I loved. I loved Reggie Lewis. Yep. Back then, and I loved Jordan. Yep. And I actually have an autographed picture of Reggie Lewis guarding Michael Jordan, signed by Jordan. Wow. Uh, actually, I have at home. I'll probably end up putting it in the shop at some point. I, I kind of came across it. I used to have it because for obvious reasons. And it was so funny to see how many people actually knew who was guarding Jordan. And yep. case point, Reggie Lewis was, has been kind of said as one of the only guys that actually could at that time yep. play him. Uh, play him on defense and, and kind of not necessarily, I mean, he couldn't really contain that guy, but wow. could hang with him better than most was Randy Lewis. But yeah, the first game I ever saw in the garden was, uh, was I saw Jordan. That's incredible. I was probably about 10 years old and, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's not much more we really need to say. It's Jordan. That's all you need to he say. You just, saw the greatest. You saw the goat. Yeah, I saw, I saw the goat. <laughs> and, wow. You know, in, in, his, in his prime. And he was just, I mean. For sure. He was playing a different game. Yeah, was, 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 I could tell was, that at ten. I was in awe. I mean, he, he jumped up in the air, hitting, shooting the fadeaway, and I'm like, man, is he ever going to come down? I mean, he literally felt, it looked like he was levitating when he yeah, took is, you know that. Be, yeah, this is before the triangle offense sort of sort of curved. Exactly, it actually was before that. Yeah, but it's before funny. I know that you're, I know that you're, I know that you're watching the show, The Last Dance, Anthony. And that's oh, gonna without tonight, without but a doubt. Funny, to watch him play, like nobody plays like that anymore. With no. the mid-range and the ball control and the body control, it's amazing to watch this like artifact. And you realize like if he had played today, he would 
he would just like shoot threes and score like 60 because it would be he just find a different way to be dominant it's incredible yeah i mean i i'm i mean i haven't missed the sunday night watching that and it's just what's so funny is um i mean before for the boys you know i had worked um in a couple of different places and you know sports talk in the shop is always was always kind of a paramount but um in a lot of places in the, I've kind of been, I guess you would call me the elder statesman. So I would work with a lot of guys, you know, in their, in their early twenties. So their reference point is to me in my, in my late thirties. And these guys were in their early twenties. Um, at that time, uh, they only have a certain reference point that they can actually go back to and say, I saw that with my own two eyes or I saw it as opposed to seeing, you know, clips of it, old clips of it on the internet yep. so you know i always used to get into the argument and i i still do um you know who the best player of all time is and you know would this person be able to play in this era or how would it look and he just i think watching it now watching it back now at, at the at age 40 that i am now watching this um i'm almost even more in awe of it than when i was 10 years old yep. I feel like I appreciate it more because I feel like this is giving me and this is giving all of us kind of a look as as to what was going on behind the scenes. Yep. And it wasn't just about what we saw on the court. There was a lot more uh, that kind of had to that was going on that they had to deal with. Um, yep. And the fact that the product never changed only just attests to his greatness. Um and it's just kind of like really eye-opening to me. The grass watching it. So, so I mean, just, just to awesome. answer the question of myself, the first game I saw in the garden was I was in second grade or first grade. I saw a Celts game with my buddy Alex Hertzlinger. Um, but the most memorable game I saw in the garden was actually a Bruins game. I went to, I think it was like one of the first hockey games when during the, when the, the year after the strike. And it was a game when on all three goals, it was Cam Neely assisted by uh, Adam Oates and Ray Bork. I'm like, these are the three best Bruins oh, wow, in the mid-90s. Yeah. And to see a hat-trick with Canilli. And I did not throw my hat, unfortunately. Um, no, I probably should have. And that was probably about like 94, 95. Um, but, I mean, the old garden with, with with the ramps and the shaking and the and the, and the ice that would sort of seep up through the parquet. And oh, yeah. It's a moment in time, well. my friend. It's a moment in time. And the, and the rats. <laughs> and the rats and, and, and taking the tea. And then uh, taking, yeah. and now we have this this, this sort of very vanilla palace of multi-use, which is called, you know, was, was once called the Shawmut Center, but it's now called the uh, Shawmut Center. T- wow. TD Garden. That's right. When, when was it called the Shawmut Center? It, when, when it was, when it was, was like, originally, when was it was originally br- bid on and named, it was Shawmut. Then Shawmut was bought by Fleet Bank. So when it opened, yeah. it, was really it used to be the Fleet. Yeah, that's right. I think yeah. that was right from Fleet to TD. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So Anthony, for the boys. For the boys. Uh-huh. So first of all, for first of all, boys. Anthony's the man who was wait, wait. many hats. Wait, first, wait, wait, wait. So before we get to the fourth, have you had your hair cut at For the Boys yet, Mr. Brosgall? I've not. All right. That's, that, that, that's, thanks and, thanks and, for and, reminding and, me of that fact. Yeah, <laughs> so that's so, just my dream. So that's my dream. Well, I, mean, you, I, I, I want to talk about the, I mean, this is the week when everyone has started posting the memes about pandemic haircuts and how bad they are. So we'll get to that in a second, Anthony. Yeah. Um, and like, we, I know you as a man, a, a man who has worn many hats from football coach to working in the hotel business to your Bedford hat right now to now opening your own barbershop. So just talk about like, talk about your 
progression, like stuff that you've done and how that's led you to this point? Sure. Well, um, okay. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, college in Rhode Island, uh, went to Bryant, got my management degree. Um, and then once I got out of college, I steadily realized that I didn't want to sit behind a desk crunching numbers um, all day long. So that led me to uh, remember just kind of talking with my parents about it. That kind of led me to looking into the hospitality industry. And they said, you probably get a little bit of the best of both worlds. You get to be around people, which is, um, you know, always been kind of my strong suit. Um, you know, whether it's working with kids or just kind of just overall wanting to help people. Um, I thought that that would be a pretty good line of work for me. So that was, you know, 2002. Um, I had a 10 year career in hotels, hospitality in and outside of uh, a lot of Westons and Sheridan hotels. I worked for Starwood, who's now been bought by Marriott in a major acquisition that was probably a few years ago now. But um, you know, I worked in uh, the Western Waltham Hotel. That's actually where I met my wife. Um, and then I kind of... Hold on, hold on. Yeah. What, what's that story? Yeah, what, what, what were you doing there? Were you like, were you, like going that, up to actually. people's rooms and cutting their hairs? Or what, what, no, 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 no. So you showed us yeah, some real I, hospitality, huh? <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> no, so, I mean, okay. Um, I mean, back in... What's funny is I met my wife... We worked together briefly um, before she actually went out on maternity leave with our youngest son at the time. AJ, yep. Uh, AJ. Yep. And uh, I actually switched shifts. I was working during the day kind of as a front desk agent, and I got a promotion, if you can call it that, to uh, an audit supervisor. So I was actually working the graveyard shift from 11, a. 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. for Ooh. a couple of years. So that kind of coincided at the same time that she had actually, that AJ was born and I had switched shifts. So there was like a two year period where we never crossed paths. Yep. So here we are like early 2004 or even actually it might've been 2005, early 2005. I kind of got another promotion to come back off of the overnight shift. And um, I was walking through the office. It was like three in the afternoon. I was coming in for like a three to 11 shift. Um, and lo and behold, she, she actually was, um, she was a PBX operator. So she was answering, you know, dispatching calls, you know, between rooms, between incoming calls from outside. Um, and their area was above the front, the front office area. So I was coming into work one day and I had never actually, uh, at that point, not, I hadn't seen her not pregnant. So like, hey, you look great. So I kind of, I kind of. Yeah, so what was so your, what was your opening line? So, <laughs> so essentially, oh, I walked, goodness. I walked, I walked through the office, and a lot of people hadn't seen me at that point because I had been working overnight. So no one, if you didn't work at seven a.m. in the morning, you didn't really see me leave. And if you weren't there at eleven at night, eleven thirty when I came in, you know, it was just passing ships. So she happened to be working that night, um, and I proceed up or walk through the office to head downstairs and I stopped and I saw this you know this person looking back at me through a mirror and I was and like, it was you and I was like hi <laughs> I was like how are you I was like 
She's like, I'm good. I was like, I was like, where? Yeah, how's things? And you know, it kind of progressed from there. Um, and you know, that's how we met. And you know, three years later, we got married. Um, but that's how I met my wife, and and that was probably the best thing I took from the the hotel industry. It's <laughs> uh, meeting my you know okay. meeting my wife and marrying. Got that? That's good. Yep. That's probably that. So, I mean, um, what brought me? So the hospitality industry. If anybody, if you ever known anybody who works in it, it's a grueling industry. You know, it's 365 days. You know, you know, a year open. It's like you know, you don't close no matter what. Um, you know, I got to the point where I was running my own department, a front office department, and you know that's it's great, but you you know scheduling and your productivity, and if somebody calls out, it could be you at two in the morning, and um, it kind of got to the point. Dan, you knew knew me then, um, where like you know I would be trying to balance that home and work. You know that balance, and it just became work was becoming too much, and you know I couldn't go see my kids. I couldn't go watch, you know, JB and AJ, you know, play play their sports and be at their games, and you know it's just I felt like I was missing too much, and I just kind of decided that that wasn't the uh, the hospitality industry just wasn't for me anymore. Um, I kind of was looking to, to to pivot and do something else. Now, um, let me set the record straight. There was never at any point where I was cutting hair before I learned to cut hair. I we, won't chill, we, won't chill, we won't join you in. <laughs> I never thought about I never thought about being a barber. I wasn't something that was even in my you know in my thought process when I was kind of contemplating uh, what my next move was going to be. And um, you know, I definitely kind of thought to myself, you know, I, I wanted to keep those components of working with the public. Um, it's so funny is, you know, I, I my, a little bit about my family, my, my mother and my grandfather were both educators um, in the city of Somerville. My grandfather happened to be the first African-American administrator in the city of Somerville. Mm. Uh, he was, the, um, he was a principal taught AP English, AP history, um, in Somerville, and that's where you know where he had since, and he retired from the some uh, Somerville public school system. My mother was the third African American administrator in the city of Somerville, oh. um, and obviously she had a. I think she taught third grade for, let's call it, twenty years, maybe twenty five years. She taught some sixth grade. She taught a little bit of first grade. Um, then she she decided when I was in high school that she wanted to go back to college and get her master's degree. Um, so that's what she did. She went to Leslie and she got her master's degree. And then what's, what was really great about that was my grandfather passed away in the day before my 16th birthday, but months before that, she, my mother got her first assignment, um, as a vice principal. So he got to see, her become that before he he since passed away but um you know my grandmother who was also a 50-year librarian in the city of Somerville so education I could have gone that route and you know became a teacher which my parents you've been a great teacher I I often think about the road I didn't travel you know I always thought you're only 40 my friend you got plenty of 40 maybe 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 a guidance counselor working with you know there you go 
at-risk youths and, and things of that nature, you know, it's kind of, I guess, in my blood to work yeah. with and try to make impact in, in you know, in young people's lives. Um, right. so, even so, in, so, even so, in my peers so and my what friends. Triggered, uh, then what triggered the barber situations? You weren't so thinking triggered, like, right, so, so once again, I want to meet people, I want to talk to kids, I want to chat, yeah, I want to yeah. be in the community, what's the best way to do it? Who gave you that advice, you know? So... <laughs> every time I'm asked this story, it was my wife. It was my wife's idea. It was not go. my idea. It go. was completely, <laughs> it was Deb's idea. Yep. She said to me, we were in very off cuff. It was pretty funny. Um, we were driving in the car and just out of nowhere, we were just, we were, I can't remember where we were going. It was just the two of us. We were in the car and she says, you know what you'd be great at? And I was like, what? And I said, what, what? And I kind of wasn't, I was, something was on the radio. I was listening to her, but I wasn't really listening to her. You know how you do that sometimes. And I never but, happened. Uh, she said, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be a great, you'd be a great barber. Why would she, she why would she say that? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I kind of, hey. I kind of, I kind of looked at I kind of looked. I kind of looked. Were you over cutting her like, hair? Were you cutting the dog's hair? Were you I good with never, the scissors? No. None Cut of the that. shrubs. What are you doing? None of that. I <laughs> have no idea. She, I go. So I kind of looked at. Him, I kind of said, you know, what's in that? What's in that water bottle? Are you sure that's water? <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? What? What are you talking about? I go. You cut the boy's hair, even if like they can't get to the barbershop, You did it. <laughs> what makes you think? I, I'm like, and you know how when you're, you know how when you're you're speaking with your spouse and you feel like. You have like you almost like okay, hot shot. You think you're right, or and you you want to you prove it. Okay, and I was like, all right. I kind of gave her this. All right, well, kind of like, what are you out of your mind? Like, all right, why do you think I'd be a good barber? Thinking that she wouldn't really have an answer. And what she said to me was, she goes, well, she goes, first of all, you're a barber without. This is you're already a barber. You just need to go learn how to cut hair. And Ooh. I was like. I was like, you know, ooh. Ooh. I was like, okay. I was like, that's good. I was like, all right, continue. I, I was like, okay, I'll bite. All right, explain that. She's like, well, you already work with the public. You know how to. Says you can. You you already work with. You work with kids when you're coaching. When you're coaching all of this sports, you have children of your own, multiple children. This is you. You worked in a professional setting. You know how to talk to the guy who's going into the board meeting. Just like, you know, the guy who's, you know, getting ready to go to, uh, you know, to, to pick up the trash outside. You can relate to anyone. You're great with kids. She goes, it's recession proof. You're, you're not going to be working, you know, seven days a week. You're not going to be working crazy hours. You'll have more of a, of a, of a, of a life. Um, and if anybody's going to, you won't be working at midnight unless someone's paying you an exorbitant amount of money, which has happened. We can get into that if you want. Um, but it just made sense. That's the most. That's it, the most random. That's like a Mad Lib, and you know, give me that's an occupation what I, that's recession proof that you interact with people and that you could be possibly good at, although you've not, never done it before. Exactly. Okay, I'm a barber. I'm like, where's she? So, so, so I, I really didn't have anything when she finished telling me. You know how, like, when you try to search for something in your mind to kind of re rebut what she's yeah. what what you've just heard. I yeah, we, we never that never happens to us. We always have rebuttal. <laughs> I tried and I said, well, I was like, all right, I guess I go, okay. And then I said, all right, you know, you maybe maybe this is something I should look into. 
And then what I did was I happened to ask just some some close family and some friends. And every time I would say, I'm thinking about going to barber school. What do you think about that? And I would say everybody looked at me and within, say, five to seven seconds, everyone goes, that's exactly what you should do. You'd be great at that. I was like, (laughs) well, you know, okay. I said, all right. So that was in 2000 and that was summer 2011. Um, I went to look at a school in Malden called the New England Hair Academy. There's three, at that point in time, there was three schools um, that did, that you could get, that you could go to school to become, you know, a, a barber or a cosmetologist. The one school was in Malden, one school was out in Quincy, and another was over in, oh, I want to say, I want to say Framingham. Malden obviously was the close. I knew the area. Malden was the closest to me. Yep. Um, so I went, we went together, went down, took a tour of the school, checked it out. Um, and Were they like, I, who is this old guy coming for an admissions? No, nah, I know. I was, I was 30. <laughs> I was 31. I was 31. No, when you old. walked in, when you walked in, they're like, that's the guy that's meant to cut hair. He's the guy. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so um, basically, <laughs> I decided that yeah, it was it was definitely something I was going to pursue. Now, I had no reference point to even think that I would be able to to pick this up or to do it. And um, you know, I did a seven month program where I was going to school Monday through Friday, you know, nine thirty to four. Um, and you know how it's designed is you did you did two the first two months you were in like a classroom setting, working with mannequins, learning how to section hair. I actually learned how to cut hair like with scissors on female mannequins, learning like female cuts and how to hold yep. like hand like positioning your fingers and your hands and how that changes things. And all is that, that is that like it's like a Bobby doll that could the hair kind of grow if you cut the, the the hair grows again so you can recut it, it again. It doesn't grow. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't grow again. And the, the, the mannequin heads are actually quite expensive. Go figure. But um. So, so I so when you when you say when you say sectioning off Anthony one time when I was in residency I was trying to get a, I was you know trying to get a cheap cut somewhere so I went to the Blaine School of Hair Design. Oh yeah. Fam, mm-hmm. And I went in there and very nice young ladies started cutting my hair and sectioning it and cutting it and sectioning it and cutting it and calling his, her preceptor over and sec and about an hour and a half into it, I'm like, I gotta be at my clinic like like in five minutes in Cambridge. I gotta mm-hmm. go. What <laughs> does sectioning even mean? Sorry. So flashbacks. It was it was so oh basically God. put it this way, it's every if you ever watch your wife do your daughter's hair, you you she'll she'll section it. So basically the head is made up of four quadrants on the top and basically you yeah. have your middle Dan's part in your Dan's head. head has eight quadrants yeah, your middle part in your head and how they teach you to to section is you bring it down and then you have to it's it's almost like it's like <laughs> if you ever watch your daughters do their hair or watch your wife do her hair that's what it is and my wife could do it better than i can. i remember coming home trying to practice and she would be laughing at me <laughs> she would be doing it on herself and i'm like i can't do this like yeah, I, 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 it was watched, so many times i, I thought i watched my girls do their hair i'm like how 
How do you do that? I know. I watch. I watch my daughter daughters do it. And yeah, I'm I like, can do like basic braids, and that's the extent of my expertise. But I guess is like is like a yeah. like a grid on your head, and you're like taking things. Essentially, yeah. They, if you yeah, in, in textbooks and stuff, they show you like one, two, three, four. Yeah, but in my, my in my head, there's no sectioning. It's just like no one sectioning. little yeah, one well, section. It's like one section of uh, <laughs> So when you yeah. so when you were doing this, Anthony, like you know, you, like my wife's cut my hair once in a while. I actually cut my own hair. It's another not not another podcast. Um, and there's you know when you uh, there's always a oops. I'm sorry. Did you ever have any like oopsies when you were doing it? And like you're like, bleeding. <laughs> and you oh. really and you're like I'll be right back, sir. I I'd be right. You know, like, any oh. of those happen? <laughs> Absolutely, without a, without a doubt. Um, what's I the mean, worst one? What's the what's the worst one? <laughs> the worst one. Um, I was giving a guy a shave, <laughs> uh, a straight razor shave, and I was, it's actually on a classmate. I was doing it on a classmate. Oh, jeez. And I, <laughs> I was coming down, <laughs> I was coming down, you know, Quadrino's face, and, you know, I had, like, a whole bunch of people around me, so I kind of got, like, you know, other classmates and stuff, so you kind of got, like, a little nervous, and I'm going through, blah, 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 and I just, like, I just, I just caught him. Sliced him, and it was like, oh, it was a pretty good one too. Like, it definitely, it definitely opened up a little bit. I was like, oh, and they were all like, oh, you are you like stiptic pencil? Like, I get some stiptic real quick. I'm like, it's all right, we're good, don't worry. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dan, have you ever had a, Dan, have you ever had a shave in like a in a place like that, like a real blade? You ever go? No, I mean, I mean, it's this thing. It feels very like vintage. Like I saw it, and you know, in like the Untouchables, right? And these like yeah. Godfather. Like you go there with like the brush and this, and like, or in, like on that James Bond movie. Like I mean, it freaks me out a little bit. Right? That was the one thing. That was the one thing I remember. That and what's funny was I ended up. That was the one thing I wanted to learn how to do because I yeah. felt like if you knew how to do that, that was like a total. Um, test of your skill can you do any tricks with the scissors like spin them on your hands or flip them in the air or just any cool things like that uh definitely not flipping my scissors up in the air but i can you know i have some some tricks and stuff with them in my hand i can do yeah all right, you should you should make you should make like a, you should do like a TikTok video like a guy yeah. got TikTok video. I'm I'm surprised Anthony's not doing TikTok videos. Actually. I know. That's I've that. been asked. Uh, you know, the yeah. youngest daughter is, is right definitely. In. That's what we should I, do. You, me, and Anthony should do a TikTok video. I'm really off TikTok, you know, but you know, no no, no offense, uh, Mark Bornstein, Liz Cantor, but um, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Really <laughs> Anthony, um, talk talk about. Is there there must be like high end gear, high end scissors, high end clippers, you know? Oh yeah. So to, I mean, what's the benefit? Is it really that much better? You know, what do you pretend to use? Do people so, come in and like pitch you on stuff? Like pharmaceutical people come and pitch Dave Geller on drugs and prescriptions? How does that work? So, um, is okay. So, obviously, in in my profession, you know, you have there's. There's really just really like two two obviously two main tools. You have scissors and you have clippers. Now, um, as no no no, and you got your personality, Anthony. You got the person. Well, I mean, I meant tool. I meant like. I meant tools. I mean, I meant normal. So uh, we'll get back. No, to, I we'll think, get, we'll I get think back could, to the charisma. You could cut hair without any any scissors, Anthony. You could just make it happen, like magic. I mean, you know, listen. Tweezers. I have been you just know, talking to you. I feel a little cliche, but they I say think. they they do say, you know, what's that old saying? You know, I could sell. Uh, 
Ice to an Eskimo. You know, I could definitely, I guess they say I have that gift, but um, I meant like in terms of equipment, scissors and clippers are, are predominantly, um, you know, yep. the tools of the trade. Um, but as far as, so I remember thinking when I was in school, um, you know, the guys were always talking about all oh, these clippers. This, and I'm like, but if you don't know how to use the stuff, yeah. it, I, I never thought, I never, re- I never thought about there being that much of a difference when I was first starting out. Now, obviously, here I am almost 10 years later. Um, I know that that's not the case. Um, but, I mean, uh, me personally, I tend to use... I've tried different things, yep. but I always kind of go back to what I was taught on, actually, as my go-to. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a traditionalist, but I can use every, every tool, but there are some things it's all based on feel. Sure. I mean, what one guy likes, other guys don't like, you know, how it feels in your hand and how, how it cuts. I mean, I can tell the difference now, um, when I'm using tools, whether or not it's something I like or something I feel like I can get proficient with basketball players. Who they have. Well, you know, I'm, I mean, you know, as I'm thinking, as I'm talking, you know, when you started off, I was talking about when I was there getting my hair cut and there was somebody after me and it actually was a young kid, right? He was, uh-huh. he was like probably five, six years old. And to me, that to me is the ultimate tribute to what you can do to be able to, you know, to make a, you know, a, a kid that age feel comfortable in your chair and not move around and stay still yeah. and give a good haircut. And you only have to deal with, with him, but you have to make sure the parent's happy too, right? There's a, there's a lot of pressure there. And that's even harder there. sometimes. That's even harder. So what's so funny is um, I built my rep in Bedford with my work with young children. I have be that is what I'm essentially known for. That isn't exactly... I'm 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 good with it. I'm fine with that. But like young kids who were going to like snippets and stuff and just watching, you know, I don't like to knock anywhere, but there there are places where the difference between a barber cutting your hair and a cosmetologist cutting your hair it is interesting. So when a kid walks into the shop, Anthony, you know, mm-hmm. or or a kid, or I'm talking about a kid like fourteen, sixteen. How often do they know what they want, and how often they say, "Anthony, like make me look good." And when uh, they say that, you're like, "Oh my God, what do I do with that?" Or like, "Oh, let me give you some options," or like, "Let me do my magic," and then like you'll see what happens. So I probably say, I'll say it's thirty percent of the kids that come in know exactly what they want, and seventy yep. percent are looking for me to help them figure it out. Yep. They'll give me, you know. That's the biggest thing in in, in, in the business that I was always taught too is the consultation. It's like figuring out if the person I'm talking to knows what they're talking about when they say yeah. certain things, or then I have to decide like, well, no, that's not what you really want. Is this what you mean? Because yeah. <laughs> I've watched some people that the horror stories like, all right, you know, they think they're saying one thing, and then when they take uh, someone takes a clipper right over the top of their head. Someone will say, oh, you know, give me a number. You know, example like some someone will say to me, and I've watched it around me. Like, oh, you know, I want to take, you know, come ahead to a four on the top, and you know, two on the sides. Right yep. now, this person comes in with a full head of hair. 
Yep. Now, certain barbers, if they hear the word four on the top, that means you want me to take a clipper and buzz your head down to a half inch, yep. which is a number four on the top. Yep. But you have to know just by looking at some kids, and sometimes I can, I, I can just, you have to decipher like, well, what do you mean? You want so when you say a four on top, do you mean you want me to buzz the top of your head? No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. I'm like, okay. So it's almost like educating them to say two on the side, scissors on the top. And yep. I'm like, so this is how you would say it. If you weren't coming to me and you were somewhere else, this is what you would say. Because if you say that somewhere else, someone might take a clipper to your head and it's too late before you realize what's happening. Yep. yep. They go right off the back, boom, and then you're like, oh, Can't you go doing? back now. Like, yeah. but you said because barbers speak, not everybody knows how to, you know, talk barbers speak. They think that they do, yep. but I have to, you have to make sure, especially you see that a lot with a lot of, um, a lot of parents think that they try to explain what they want. And then I end up kind of helping them figure out so what you really mean. So it's kind of making sure you figure it out. Sure. But 70% of the time, I'm probably either, I'm never going rogue. We, we come to an agreement. <laughs> But it's more or less like, all right, this is what I think you mean. And then, and then they say like, hey, like, give me, give me a LeBron. And you know, oh no, make, <laughs> give me a Mahomes. Or they say, oh, I want to look, you know. Or, yeah, no, what, yeah, what I so I, like, you know? ready. The one I always, the one, um, the one I'm, I'm most known for, or in my previous, my previous job where I worked in Sudbury for five years, um, I gave a kid, was you know, I was known for giving the kids the Edelman. The Julian Edelman. The Julian nice. Edelman. That was that is still. I mean, translate. So one, what does that one, what does that actually mean? You know. So the Julian Edelman is essentially. Um, and what's funny is he's changed his look now. He doesn't the the yeah, cut yeah. that everybody remembers him for. Um, he doesn't even necessarily wear that much anymore. He changed his style, but the Edelman is considered usually. It's probably about a one and a half on the sides. You blend it into scissors on top, and you kind of have like the the pompadour. You you slick it over to the side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You slick it over to the side, so it's really clean off the ears. Yeah. Nice shading, and it blends up from like a one and a half to, and it's like dark through like the the parado parado ridge of your head, which is like the biggest part of your head. I know you know that, Doc. With it, drop some anatomy term. That's nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how that's how you learn it. Um. You know, and it's it's kind of stuck with me. It's funny. I never thought so much school would stick with me. Is anybody, I'm going to come in. I'm going to say, can you just keep a show around the parietals and the occipital area for me, please? <laughs> yeah. That means, on yeah. It. I, if you said that to me, I would know what you meant. You just don't just don't push too hard on my fontanelle. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids like but, that. But so kids love that. Yeah, that one. I would get kids come in and say, you. They, they would know. I was known in in Sudbury where I worked then. The even in Bedford now for the Edelman. What about the Brady? What's the Brady, huh? Nobody asked so for that. So the, the Brady, I mean, he ch that's changed. <laughs> so I've actually been known for the for the Edelman. The uh, another one I hear a lot is the uh, the Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah. Us the 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 us the a star is born Bradley. The star Cooper. is born Bradley Cooper look. That like that flowing. It's wow. like it's not it's not it's that one. I always I used to always call it the Chris Helmsworth. 
But yeah, do guys come? Do, I, do guys come in asking for that, or do this? Yeah, no, I get guys. Yeah, guys, guys, guys show me. Oh yeah, I get people show they me. Say, show, give me Thor, like the, make the me Ryan, Ryan, me Thor. Ryan Gosling is one. Oh yeah, really? Ryan Gosling. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. No, guys will bring me pictures. That's just, can you give me this that's one? That's a little. Oh, you want? You want? You want the Bradley This is the peak of the podcast right now. This is amazing intelligence. That's like that's like I even want to give me a haircut. Just give me a haircut. Well, yeah, some guys. Yeah, some guys say that, but then there. I mean, there are people who. Are without question looking for a specific look. It's like an emoji. And, yeah, I mean, do, I've they, had do kids. they bring their girlfriends or their moms? How does that work oh, in that case? Yeah, I mean, and the girlfriends like Anthony. No, no, no. I wanted to look like Ryan Gosling, right? <laughs> so I mean, we've have had many a uh, had many a mom and girlfriend combination, yeah. both. <laughs> both. Everybody's got. So, yeah, no. I'm like, I'm like, feel like I'm playing referee. I feel like I'm playing referee. I'm like, All right, hold on, like, Anthony. Hold on. You you are, you you are not bound by any confidentiality agreements. You aren't. You're not a doctor. Who yeah. brought on a girlfriend? <laughs> who brought? Who brought? No. Um, you, you, you don't have to say it. I can say yeah, there's there's a few. You definitely... should you should you should create a local flair. You got the brazi. You got the venuti. You could just start doing some things. You know. So I mean, I've, I mean, it's funny. Is the the guys who the guys who bring the girlfriends in, um, they Bobby Marcus James. Yeah, Demio. I mean, I. T- <laughs> I oh tend God. to ask. I'll ask I'm the right. girlfriends. I'm, I'm, right. like, I'm like, listen, you, I'm right. <laughs> if you're bringing your girl, you know, you're bringing your girl for a reason. So I'm like, all right. So what do you? I actually, I'm like, all right. I don't even want to really talk to you. I'm asking her. I'm like, what do you want to see? What is it that you want? Yep. And then they'll tell me, and I'm like, okay. You're like, yeah, we can do that. So, you know, I, I, I tease them. I, I like to play. You know, you're playing, but that's it's helping them out more than it is. You yep. know, you're just trying to. You're being their wingman with that stuff. All right, we're gonna make the girlfriend happy. Right? You got a lot of Anthony. You got a lot of like stuff here like, you could do, you know, because you could build. I mean, you do it naturally, right? But you could you get the haircut and the conversation. You know, I can see you. Do you, you guys know Bob, Bob Schellmeyer, right from Bedford? Oh yeah, right? yes. So Bob's a great guy, right? And Bob made a career change in you know in a way you know similar to what you were alluding to before, where he said, "I really just want to I just want to work with the kids. I I I really want to." Yeah work with the people and he brought he brought this you know amazing you know personality and background and you know whatever to a, this you know to a job of working with you know kids and that's yeah. what you were kind of doing if not people you could i mean you I mean a lot of times you're you your your barber right or you're you know you're you know they they're your therapist in a way right you could you could just you have a lot of stuff that you could just you know just just do on the slide and then you and then you get the whole thing where you can say you know what bring your bring your partner in and, and i'll do the, i'll do the two for right i'll make i'll make you both happy <laughs> oh well, listen i mean it's you know i it's the most rewarding job it doesn't is i can it doesn't i never feel like it's work i mean i'm i'm working but when I'm cut, when I'm in, the, when I'm in the shop and I'm conversating and I, and I'm you know, talking to people, it's just, it's like, it's so, it's so funny watching, you know, I've had, you know, wives come in with their husbands and that interaction and, you know, I can go, it's just, it's just fun. It's just never, it's you never dull. That. It's never yeah. boring. You, you know, I look forward to it every day. I used to, you know, it, uh, yeah, you're work I never, ever feel that way right. because you never know who you're going to see. And then, you know, it's. The beauty is like, I mean, I have, I've been cutting hair now for, this is just, got, I'm just into year nine. And I've had kids who I have cut since they could barely speak. And I see them now. Yeah. Like yeah. I've had kids from kindergarten all the way to now getting ready to head into high school. I've had kids, you know, from fifth grade who yeah. I've seen 
from fifth grade to, you know, about to head off to college and just watching that progression, you know, seeing them, you know, once a month, once every six weeks for seven years, yep. you tend to just, you know about them. For and the teenagers, for the teenagers, you should, you should, uh, do you do this? Maybe you say, you know, what music do you want during the cut? Like, you know, we talk about walk-up songs, right? You can do like a, a haircut, you know, song <laughs> for these guys, you know, and you may just rocking on as you're chopping away, right? Yeah. You know, not it's you know the a lot of more more of it it's more um, see the beauty is like in the, living and working in the town working in the town you live in especially when you have kids that are school aged um, it's quite hilarious I mean and obviously you know coaching sports and things like I have my oldest son just turned you know Matt just turned twenty four Dan like 24 like you remember that kid i mean you've known that kid since uh, almost as long as i've known him yep. you know when i when he when i came into his life at nine and now he's 24 it's just but like the different age ranges that i have and that i've parented um those friend groups and those kids that my kids hung out with and hung out at my house and now you know like i know them in a certain way and you know you know you, you hear what's going on like you know the barber is a man in the republic and the man in the street and kind of knows what's going on around town and what's yep. what's happening so these kids love to come and tell me things um so like i hear stuff firsthand they ask me for advice um you know i sometimes you know i, I gotta steer them in the right direction when i know they're going in the wrong direction yeah, that's for but sure <laughs> with that soft touch that you know you know yeah i'm not i'm not your mom or your dad but at the same time i know your mom and dad so I feel like I have a responsibility to kind of like I would hope if you you as the doctor, Dave, and Dan, you as someone who's who knows my kids, if you were in a situation where they felt comfortable enough to maybe come to you with something that they were afraid to come to, you know, my wife, right? You know, just when you're in those years and sometimes you don't want that advice from your parents or they're just giving it to you in not the way it needs to be heard. You may give the message the same, you may give the same message I'm giving, but in a way that they hear it. And I've always learned that like, I don't care who give. it doesn't need to be me as long as it's the right message being given. That's a crazy, sorry, Dan, you go. I mean, I I, I will just say, Anthony, I, I remember a game back when you were in Sudbury and we went to a middle school, a JGMS hoops game in Sudbury. And when you arrived, I mean, it was like, it was like David Ortiz walked in. Like the love I saw from kids in a totally different place is, you know, is consistent with how I know that the kids kind of view you when they come and in, come into your shop and they see you around town. And it's the same relationship I see, you know, Dave, when you walk around town, we're running and patients see you. Like there's such a love and affection. Yeah, I see that for you too. When I, yeah, and you know, I humbly say like, that's, that's what I think the three of us really share. I'll tell you, that's, commitment to that, kids and passion and relationships and meaning and really an authentic way that, you know, you both want to impact so, their lives in a positive way. Yeah. It's so powerful. I mean, you, I mean, you guys, we all give each other like, you know, pats on the backs here and there and i'll throw it at you guys i mean that's amazing you two i mean i'll go back to david nudy as well like people that we yeah. you know we're friends with i mean the fact that you that you are not straddling but you're both part of the community your parents your work in the community i mean this is this, this is throwback stuff right which you don't get 
as much sometimes. You don't get this communication. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't get the kids getting the support. You just nailed it, Anthony, from all sides, right? You know, we have, yeah. we, have we have these kids where, you know, may not be making the best choices and some parents and some communities aren't steering them the right way. They're turning a different eye, right? And, and all of us in our own ways, I mean, maybe, you know, we all, we all come at it different, different ways, right, professionally. And, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, the, the weight that Dan holds in this community with the kids, especially it's you, Anthony, which I've learned about, it's crazy. And it's, and it's really a lucky... I mean, I, I keep heaping on the praise to Bedford, right? But it's 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 who's here, and the the kids and the families couldn't be luckier with with the with some of the people um, that their kids interact with. It's really well. I feel I feel lucky. I feel lucky. I mean, this was um, the the dream and the goal all along, even before for the boys was for the boys was to always live and work in the town, work and live in the same town. I always wanted it in the eight years it took for me to get to the point where I finally, you know, was confident enough in myself and my ability and the timing just felt right to just, you know, you know, take that, that leap. And it's, you know, it's into the unknown and just really go off of your own, you know, conviction and your drive and your just all of the things that it takes to survive and to and to thrive and all those lessons that we try to teach our kids every day you know the world is not always sunshine and rainbows you know we like to paint the picture but when you really get to the point where you have to provide and you have to you have to teach those lessons and help them become you know you know good people and, and, you know, people that want to help their community and help their fellow man and woman, you, you really have to want to do that. And for me, that was always my dream. Like right now I'm like, I'm living my dream. Like I live five minutes from everything I could possibly need. Like if I never had to step foot outside of Bedford, I could probably do it and live. I'm going to have to move. I'm going to move closer to you, Anthony, so I'm in five minutes of you so I can be in a, in, well, in a circle. The, the quest to get Dave... Now, you're already in it. You're already in it, Yeah, I mean, me, me and so, Colton so, are in it. I go for years. So sunshine, yeah. and ra- so, sunshine and rainbows, Anthony, right? So, tomorrow, yeah. right, Governor Baker's talking, right, mm. about um, about change, possibly. Are you prepared? Are you... Are you? What are you hoping for? Are you Are you ready to go? What changes are you going to have to make if, if it's a go? So, here's the thing. Um, they haven't, I mean, I haven't heard anything yet. I'm anticipating things. I'm trying to, what's funny is I've been racking my brain trying to anticipate what he's going to do, but I've come to the conclusion that I have no idea what he's going to say. In my mind right now, and I've always kind of felt like for me, it was going to be at some point in middle end of June where I would probably be able to to resume my activities in the shop. Um, I don't know what their, we had a conference call, the barber board had a conference call on Tuesday and they still don't know. He's been very tight lipped with everything. Um, I think based off of, obviously you guys watch the press briefings just like I do. Um, I think based off of what he has done thus far, He's in no rush to push the envelope, and I think he's right. And I, I've kind of, I, I tr- I'm 
I trust, I like how he's handled this situation thus far. Um, I'm watching where other where other places are trying to push the envelope, and they're back to square one. Massachusetts, I don't have to tell you guys, I mean, we're not a huge state, yet we got hit, like, harder than most places. Now, that could have just been partially bad luck. That could be a combination of things, you know, um, but I trust... I think he's got the I think he's got the right idea and I think yeah. he's erring on the side of caution and honestly if you're a family man you have and you have family and you're you have kids and all these things why wouldn't you want to err on the side of caution? You know, I, we, at, we, he's doing an amazing job, but you know, you look at Maine right now. Maine, yeah. you know, is, is opened up, so they're cutting hair. You know, barbers with masks. New Hampshire on. is also and, yeah, yep, and and you know, one client at a time. Hopefully, distance. Like, did you like? like what are you thinking? When it, do, when it does open up, whether it's, you know, two weeks from now, are you, do you picture that? Do you picture that's what you'll be doing? See, here's the thing. For me, um, not much. I mean, the only thing that changes for me, honestly, I mean, obviously, besides the obvious, you know, I'm going to probably have to take, you know, precautions with sanitation. And there are certain things I was already doing that kind of aren't going to change whether we had gotten this pandemic or not in terms of how I take care of my tools in terms of how I take care of my own personal hygiene etc um, and how I clean you know the cleanliness of, of my chair and all my utensils and things in between people that isn't changing so that's kind of that's kind of normal um, you know have I cut with gloves on before sure I have yeah I, I know how it, it's not going to not going to change anything for me per se like that only thing for me now is it will slow it will slow my pace as to how many people i see in a given day um but at the same time i was already operating by appointments so the only difference that's going to change for me now is i'm not gonna i'm not gonna if i was doing this is saying an hour span. The way I set up my appointments, if anybody who knows, is I set my appointments up for 30 minutes, 30 minutes of service. Now, I would, I can tell you right now, with my skill level where it is now and in and how I, just how I move and how I operate, I'm doing things probably faster than 30 minutes. I don't need the allotted time that I give. But I do that for a, a lot of different reasons. Number one, you know the town we live in. At, at 3 o'clock, Great Road, you might <laughs> as well call that, you know, Route 66. It's, it's just, you know, it's it. the Mass Pike. It, it, it could be, the you worst. could be at the Minuteman Diner and try to get to me at the opposite end of town. It, an it hour. could take yeah. you a half hour, 40 yep. minutes. It could do that. I, everybody's driven that road. So there's a lot of different factors. And now, obviously, with that... Um, you know, sneaking in the, you know, someone who walks in and didn't have an appointment or someone who calls me on the fly and I know yep. lives two minutes away and I'm already 15 minutes early. Yeah, I'm going to take that person. Yep. I wa- that That's probably going to have to slow, if not come to a complete halt. And I will just go strictly appointment based. But I was already doing it. It's going to be difficult for the shops who are more old school, traditional. You walk in, you sit down, they call your name. Yep. 
if you weren't doing that before and you're trying to switch from not doing that to this, it's going to be hard. That transition is going to be difficult. But I've worked off appointments my entire career, so it's nothing new to me. Um, You know, I will. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I think what's just going to what what is going to end up happening is, um, it's going to probably steady. It's going to steady my my book more than anything. I'll probably they're like on a so let's put an example like on a on a Monday. Well, actually, I'm trying to think of what day. Usually, usually the slow. Uh, usually, the slowest day of my week, my five days that I, I work, I work Monday. I work Monday. I take Tuesdays off, and then I work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I take Sunday off. So that's kind of how my week goes. Now, a lot of places, traditional shops are closed Sunday, Monday. When I opened for the boys, I was working a full-time job in Sudbury, and my only day off was Mondays. So that was ultimately the day I chose to start gradually building my book and my business, and that was in the end of 2018. It wasn't until 2019, right after the 4th of July last year, that I decided I was going to leave my other shop that I was at for five years and go full-time. So for me, um, it's going to be very easy to just, I'll just see, you know, 15 people a day, 15 people a day. And I would just kind of level up my, so I won't have to, but like usually like on a Saturday, I would see if I had 18 available slots, I have a nine hour day. I work eight to eight to four. If I, Fill every half hour slot that I book. That's what sixteen clients, it's eighteen clients. Let's say that. But I would never see eighteen clients on a Saturday. I'm probably seeing closer to thirty clients on a Saturday oh. because I can work at different speeds. If you walked in, Dan, and anybody walked in to me and said to me on the fly, "Can you get me out of here in ten minutes?" Or less, and I yes, I could do oh. proficiently, not yeah. and not not and not and and do it right. I just some guys work with speed, some guys take their time, but that doesn't necessarily mean just because I'm going fast means I'm not as good as the guy who's taking it. Who just everybody works at their own pace. Yeah, when I went in there, you get you gave me like a very long haircut, you know, and um, there's a lot, <laughs> lot of conversation. No, no, but not like the Blaine school of whatever it was. Well, no, but, you, it no, depends. But, but if you can bang through that in 15 minutes, I'm sure if you needed me, a great me to haircut. Ba- if you if you walked in and said, hey, I got no, I got you know, I got to be back over the place in in 10 minutes. Can you do it? Yeah, I'll give you the shorter version. Yes. We'd still talk about everything we talked about, but I could do it faster. But there's sometimes where I can be deliberate and we can have a conversation and it's all about reading the person too. So I, I you know, everybody's different. There are some guys or some clients I have who are pretty much business, you know, you come in, they want to cut and then they go. Then there's some who want to talk to you a little bit, but I know how to, I've learned how to be able to navigate where like, all right, I got to cut you off and we got to get going or I have time to kind of conversate and, you know, give you that time you need because again it's really it's not about me it's about i try to make it about whoever's in my chair i mean I, you know there's times where I, I you know the things i've learned the things people the things you tell your barber um sometimes i feel like 
I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm part therapist. Sometimes sure I feel like, yeah. you know, yeah. whether it's a kid or an adult or a rough situation, you know, things going on at home, or things going on at school, you know, I try to give everything, you know, it's proper, you know, I don't want to ever make anybody feel like I'm just there for a buck. It's not about yeah. the money to me. Yeah, I mean, I well, mean, it's yeah, not. Yeah, when you, when you reopen, Anthony, I think you'll be busy for a long, long time. It's, you know, we, yeah, no, people are certainly, I mean, hope that's, calls certainly hope that's going to be soon, you know, daily. So we, we got about we got about eight to ten minutes left in the pod here, Anthony. Um, so I have a couple of class, two questions I want to ask in general. First, just if you could just talk real quick about how people can get in touch with you and where they can follow you on social media, see some of the stuff that you've been doing before you were shut down. And sure. two, I want your recommendations. If I walked in when you reopen, I said, Anthony, all right, here's my head. Do what you want. Before you before do? Anthony answers do? either of those questions, Anthony, have you have you you're not looking? We're on Skype right. Right now, and you've seen yeah. the, you're looking at the brunette Dan. Have you seen the blonde Dan from about a month ago? No, I missed. I didn't see that. Well, you can see a little bit of it I there. saw. I saw the blonde JB. I saw. Yeah, I saw. I was like in awe. I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah the, look both at those that. Things happened. Both those that things was happened. Phenomenal. I was like, All right. Yeah. So answer Dan's question. Yeah, so yeah. So All first, right, yeah, so, so talk about social you, media and people you work. So and social media wise, if you're looking to find me. Um, I do have a Facebook page, same name, For the Boys Barbershop. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. I know a lot of the younger guys. That's where I, I you know, I share content, yep. um, you know, pictures, things about, you know, the industry, uh, people coming into the shop. Um, you can find me in either one of those. Um, I am still answering the phone. I'll give the number if you want me to. Sure. 781 five six seven four you can text me on that number you can call i will get back to you for sure um but yeah is that, if you're looking for is, me, it, is that is that seven eight one nine nine the boys <laughs> no probably not, not probably not that one but um yeah no so i mean by all means i've definitely left uh, some tutorials on some things for people yeah. uh on facebook i mean you know if in, if in case you try you can't hold out and you gotta you gotta get it done i've actually done some Subscribing myself with with clients while they were giving haircuts to their sons wow, nice. and husbands and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, here's how you're gonna hold it. This is what you're gonna do. Um, here's you know, what sexting all, means. <laughs> <laughs> all the above, yeah, definitely. So, 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 so what's the answer? What's the answer? Would you give me the uh, Gosling? What would you do? <laughs> all right, so for you, I mean, looking at the looking at the top. I say you got some movement. You probably actually you could go with, you could go with like you could do the Edelman. I would definitely yep. bring the sides, give you a nice fade on the sides, into the top, scissor cut the top. You yep. could actually go with either the Edelman or um, Tom Brady, two thousand. Oh no wait, no Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady was holding a goat. Tom Brady, 2018. 2018, 2019. He's kind of got like that with that, with that, just a little. So you can tell he's got the, you know, it's kind of spiked a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like that messy, that messy clean look where he probably throws in a little bit of product, but not too sure. much. But that's what I, that's what would work for him. All right, I, I'm, I will I will ask the real boss Elizabeth. So do you prefer me Edelman or Brady? And then when you reopen, I'll, I'll hop on in and we'll see what see how that goes. Fair enough. All right. You got, got what you got? So uh, <laughs> I got a lot right now. I know. I'm just, I just like when, when Anthony, you know, was thinking about your head. He said, you got a lot of movement up there. I like that one. You got a lot of movement. 
Um, so when you, so I know it's gonna, might be tough to do, Anthony, but when you open up, all right. Maybe mm-hmm. your first, maybe your first cuts. You can be me and Dan, all right. We'll do, we'll do a little thing. Oh, wow. Right? Those are in high. Those are in high. you can, you can, you can sneak us in. If you can sneak us in before the, before the crowds hit, that'd I'll be a good thing. I'll put day. you on the, I'll put you on the top priority list. No, it's, it's like, it's like. It's like Red Sox tickets. It's more expensive for the prime date. So those first yeah. sell those for like three times what you usually do, Anthony. For those, I probably I probably could. I probably we could do, do that. We can do a but, pod yeah. from the chairs. We're gonna do a pod from the chairs. You cutting our hair. All right. I'm with right. it. Sure. Yeah. Whatever awesome. you want to do. Yeah. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. I'm anxious to. I am looking forward to. You know, when when the timing is right to to go back. Um, you know, I definitely, it's so funny, I, I've cut two heads, three heads in two months, and that's like, I don't, you know, I, I almost, the other day, I felt like I hadn't had a clipper in my hand, and sisters, yeah. I was like, do I still know how to do this? And I was like, yes, I still know how to yeah, do you this. Still but, got it. <laughs> you know, I was still doing, I was doing it outside in my yard, and it's just, yeah. but, you know, I, I, I love, it's, 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 like I said before, it's not. It's not work. It's just. So if you think great. if you think you're a little if you think you're a little rusty, Anthony, the first the first cut and shave can be Dan. Then you can do. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, well, as definitely. you both know, as you both know, for a while there, I was, I was shaved my head. Uh, oh yeah. You know, I mean, for for a year and a half, I shaved it down to the head, like with a bic, uh, weekly, and then I used to do like the zero, weekly, and then about three years ago. You know, someone's like, no, maybe you should let it go for a while and see how you like it. And I said afterwards, I'm like, you know what? My mom and my wife were right. It looks better with hair. And yeah. I'm sure it could be. I'm sure I'm getting be a lot. Of, I'm looking it. forward to seeing a lot. Of, are there a lot of kids who are calling me still for consults and certain things? And, you know, yeah. uh, there are kids who they think that, that uh, you know, I've convinced them. I'm like, no, no, we're not going to touch this. We're going to let it go. Yep. Trust me. And, you yep. know, now they're like, oh, my God, you were right. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yep. I told you, you look better this way. You look, you know, I, I try I, to get the kids. I, I like, agree. I agree. You know, like, no, that's not what the ladies want. Trust me, they want this. You, you know, <laughs> this, is, this isn't it. This will be it. You know, trust me, guys. For sure. Well, Anthony, we, I mean, this was an incredible pod, probably our longest pod because you can. I mean, we really enjoyed the conversation. You know, to me, I, I loved hearing. Appreciate it. The 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 anecdotes about the the girlfriends and the moms and what they're asking for it was real real gold. Oh yeah, so that was awesome. Um, yeah. you know, we're, you know, I know that you've been selling gift certificates also to, to be redeemed you know, when we reopen. So please, if you're sure. looking to do that and support Anthony's work, please do so. Um, and again, like not for nothing, Anthony, when we talk to people in Bedford about, you know, who who's a small business, who's something that really matters, your name comes up all the time. And uh, we're wow. happy to have you on and uh, and to talk about your story, um, you know, and along with the Thank folks you. like like Daisy and Dave Benuti and Suzanne and you who really represent some of the great values and uh, of this town and, and things that we want to see for our kids. So thanks for all that you do um, in all those areas. Thank you. Appreciate that. I really do. Thank you guys for what you do. I mean, you know, you guys are men of Bedford and, and, you, and you represent us right every every day, um, how you live, the work you do. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad to just be in the, in the same same sentence with guys like you, for sure. So yeah. You belong in this group, it. let me tell you. And, again, Thank the, you. the podcast about, like, crazy stuff that we've seen on basketball courts and baseball diamonds and football fields. It's a podcast mm. for another time, but that would be an amazing – Indeed, yeah. We can do that <laughs> another time because we've got plenty of that. Put the camera on. Put the camera on me. We'll give you that story later, Dave. <laughs> uh, and the tra- the tra- the tra- the story. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry. We'll tell. We'll tell those two. So it was, it was Memorial Day of fifth grade, right, for Adam and yep. James. 
And there was this great challenge between the fourth grade kids and the fifth grade kids for baseball. And as you know, Dave, that grade behind, you know, our sons is, is pretty aggressive and extremely athletic and a lot bigger and usually wins out. Um, so there's a showdown at Page under the lights um, between fourth and fifth oh, grade. Yeah. And James comes in that to was- pitch to pitch the, the last half inning and like strikes out three kids. And Anthony's just like barking on the sidelines. He's like, Put the AJ camera on was me. behind the plate too. That's right. Oh yeah, God. we had that. Oh man, it was great. He was, was yeah. His uh, his son is quite quite the ball player. Worked, one of the hardest working kids. Uh, you know, I know. Just uh, yeah. He, but he definitely. It was big for him because he definitely was one of those. You know, if you know if you know him at all, you know he's not he's not the he's not overly boisterous, but he's probably the hardest working kid I know. Uh, he's, and, he's got, he's got he definitely just turn. worked and worked, and he looked, and he was just phenomenal that night. Fire so good. So and I think, good. And I think you and I also coined the term Trey B over in Acton Box Pro when he made the three free throws <laughs> in a row. In a game he lost by about 50 points in eighth grade, but that's also, you know. Trey B. Oh, yes. And he's still, you know, so what's funny is that I hear kids now still calling him that, like when yeah. we went on the court. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That, and kids you know who didn't even play from. with us. I'm like, that did that really stick? Like, it's so funny. Well, it's right, because originally he thought we were making fun of him. Like, we're not making fun of you, dude. We're not making fun of you no, at all. No, at all. Not at all. He was <laughs> he was hitting shots. It was like it was it was unbelievable. And that's yeah. what we just coined just coined it, Trey B. Yeah, and, the, and the last chapter of that story, just to you know, the the you know, the the quest for the police league championship has the ended uh the you know right before the final so adam and james will get their championship fleeces at some point from rec department because yeah. they have a still season there i have heard that there is there is potentially if you know things do get uh <laughs> cleared up maybe at some point this summer uh, of a of a, a true matchup under under the lights at the outdoor courts yeah uh you know yeah. Winner, winners take both jackets <laughs> yeah there'll be there'll be, uh, there'll be blood and tears for that one i'm sure oh that. yeah yeah, that was fun to watch, though. I will tell right. you that. Dave, final word. No, it's great. It's great to um to do this pod. We you know with the we've been waiting to talk to Anthony for a while. I'm looking forward to him getting back. You know, in the in, in the uh in the shop and the people in the chair. And I look forward to uh talking more. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Love it. Before we sign off, guys, a final plug as usual for our friends at Lex Media who produce this podcast, including our good friend Julie Manugian and all of her work. Also for Joey Friedman, who writes the intro and the outro music, and will also be on very soon. You can find his work on Spotify and SoundCloud. And as usual, please like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. We appreciate your support. And uh, we all have a lot of time now, guys, to catch up on podcasts. So this is 25, Anthony, 25th episode. It's a big one Got for it. us. And uh, and we love that it was you. So thanks for being on with us today. Honored. And we're hoping for good news from the governor tomorrow for you, Anthony. And um, yeah. we'll be there for you when to reopen. All right. All right. I'll see have you a great evening, everybody. Thanks, and uh, have a great week. And we'll see you guys next time. Awesome. What Do We Know is written by Dan Broskel and Dave Geller and produced by Julie Manugian at Lex Media in Lexington, Massachusetts. Our theme music is written by Joey Freeman. Joey's work can be found on SoundCloud and Spotify. See you next time.